0: and welcome back to the One Minute Writing Tip Podcast. I'm so excited for today's author guest, Cindy Kehadris, who is a 52-year-old debut romance author. She is proving that you can always pursue this goal no matter what age or place in life you're in. Cindy, thank you so much for joining me. It's an honor to have you. Thank you so much for having me. So I would love to know about your journey and how you finally got to the place that you decided, hey, I'm going to finally write and publish my book. Uh, Well, I do not
1: come from the literary community. So this was something that was very nutty to do. In I come from business and small business ownership. But during the lockdown, my brain kind of went haywire. And I guess I was just, it just kind of searching for a place that made sense since the whole world didn't. And I started just sort of going back to some of the stories that I had had in my head when I did want to write things when I was much, much younger. And there was a story that was in my head from 30 years ago that just started talking in my head, over and over again, conversations and descriptions and images, and I ended up getting up at two, three in the morning and writing until five, six in the morning. And I couldn't stop the images and the voices. And it just if I didn't write it down, it, I had no idea what I was doing. But I just had to get it out somehow. And I think that that was one of the reasons that was one of the ways that I was dealing with the lockdown and. This scary episode that we all found ourselves in back in 2020. And uh and I was also turning fifty. So I was having like all of these epiphanies as well, like, you know, what does the next fifty years look like? And so I think it all culminated in some kind of out-of-body experience where I became a writer. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it sounds like it really started to become an escape for you, and not an escape in a bad way, but kind of like in a fun, adventurous kind of way, and yes. allowed you to just explore a whole new dynamic of life. Would you agree with that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I love how you were sharing that. It was just you just had to get it out. It's like the characters were alive for you, were. and you were trying to just share that on the page. And I, that, I think that's so exciting. I I like to tell people that the
1: voices in my head just wouldn't shut up until I wrote them down. They wouldn't. They just like you know
0: kept on going and going and going. So,
1: yeah, it was crazy.
0: Yeah, which I can actually very much relate to that on the fiction scope for sure. So, on that same note of those those characters in your mind coming to life and not letting it go, talk a little bit more about where your stories come from and their development, Mm -hmm. all of that.
1: Okay. So back in the early 1990s, I just, this is the particular Two Princes, that my debut book. Um, we, were, we were watching the news and learning about all of these new countries, these tiny Middle Eastern countries that we had never heard of before, the Kuwaits and the Dubais. And, you know, we'd never heard of these. They all had royal families. And I remember going to school with a couple of boys who their families were from the, those regions. And the, that region and, and those small countries and, you know, there were 19-year-olds driving Porsches and, and Mercedes and had these expensive watches. And who are these guys? You know, why do they have so much money? It's like insane. And the idea just sort of came to me that they all changed them into American names. And they you know, one of them loved that music, the other one loved heavy metal and it was like they wanted to be American so badly. And later on when I married my husband, who was also first generation American, his parents are Greek, he also grew up in a way where he changed his name to an American name and he, you know, listened to Molly Crew and Guns and Roses and all but he then he also had this whole culture of being a first generation American that was like, you know, the food and the, and the language and he would go to Greece every year. And so I just thought that was just such a romantic premise of these, you know, you don't really know who their family is. And then all of a sudden, you know, they actually turn out to be these two princes <laughs> of these small countries in the Middle East. And so. I only read, uh, fine novels, mysteries. Um, if somebody didn't die on the second page of a book, I, you know, didn't finish it. It wasn't until the lockdown and me turning 50 that I started reading romance for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the story that had been in my head for 30 years was actually a romance. And the main character, the love interest is very, very much inspired by my husband and his family and his family's culture and you know, on the Mediterranean. So it was very easy for me to embrace that.
0: Wow. I love the rich history that you're sharing and how you're saying that it comes from these deep roots from a long time ago that really stuck with you and really made a, a big impression on you. And it it definitely sounds like that created some very diverse and very deep characters. You know, they're not shallow by any means whatsoever.
1: <laughs> no, no, I love, I love real like layered, multi-faceted characters that have just, you know, my uh, female character is, you know, just wanted to kill it in business. And she wanted to just, you know, make her own way. And the male character is, very meticulous and he like, you know, winds up his ties in his tie drawer by color and, you know, and she's, and she's like this crazy California girl who like listens to music too loud and doesn't stop at stop signs. And, <laughs> you know, so it's an opposite to track for sure, but they all, they both have multi layers and the one, a lot of the things that they have in common is their love of travel and they love food and music, especially eighties heavy metal music.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably there's a lot of people you know, among my listeners for sure. And just in general today that can relate to that, you know, that they, yeah. that they, they're that female that they want to do the same thing or so they're going to be able to connect with those characters on a deep level too, which I mean, I love that in, like, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, I think it's so important to have that element that really connects with the reader because that's whenever you absolutely. see like, connect within yourself as the author like through the book you know so yeah for sure for sure
1: I love the layered characters
0: yeah so it so it sounds like it's been quite a whirlwind and such a journey Mm -hmm. for you so as you started like dipping your toes in the water and then pursuing publishing how did Mm -hmm. you make your publishing decisions and you know what did you really learn through that journey it's an amazing journey the 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 writing
1: community of uh, authors is like nothing I've ever experienced. When you're in business, it's very cutthroat. It's very, you know, throw you under the bus to get to the next level. These people aren't. They are willing to share their stories. They're willing to read pages for you, give critiques. The pitch contests on Twitter were where I really started dipping my toe into getting my pages out there and, uh, and sort of throwing it against the wall and see what stuck. And I seem to just sort of relate to a lot of these people because everybody, even the ones that have been published, you know, many, many books still have the writer struggles that we all have. And the pitch contest were where I really started getting some really great feedback. And after I had already written this one, I hired a coach to get it readable because I had never written anything before. So she really coached me and while, while we were perfecting two princes, another story came into my head that was more contemporary and more of a person my age. So it was a second chance love with characters in their 50s, the professional surfer. So he's like this hot silver fox guy that comes back into her life after, you know, after 30 years. So the second story really started taking off and I applied everything that I learned and then I started submitting that to the pitch contest. So I submitted them both to pitch contest. Now, my understanding was that you needed to get an agent. And so I researched all the agents that did contemporary romance and all of that and did my query letter proposals and things were things that I did in my previous life. So that was really easy for me. As long as I had a product to sell, I knew how to sell it. You know what I mean? So, But the agents weren't giving me the time of day. And so I started doing a little bit more research on the industry and found out that the agents really only pitch to the four big publishers, which is, you know, I mean, that's what everybody wants is the big bonus and the big marketing budget and all of that, which is great. But from my experience in business, especially in the early 90s, when I was really starting to get momentum in the world of business, there was a lot of consolidation. I was in the newspaper industry and there was a lot of consolidation. And then by the early 2000s, the newspaper industry was kaput. But there were all of these independent news outlets, these really brilliant journalists and the advertising people and you know business people that knew how to make a newspaper happen, know, how to knew how to make a news outlet happen, and all of a sudden you were seeing the TMZs and all of the new smaller kind of niche um, news news outlets, and that's what's sort of happening in publishing that people are leaving the big five to start their own publishing companies. And so through these pitch contests, there are these smaller publishers that also get to see you. And not only that, the mentors are brought on to these smaller publishers to be their editors, to be their, you know, um, acquiring editors, things like that. So with my, with two princes, one of the mentors took me on with the new publisher that she was with. And it was, I was only with, third author signed to the publisher and it's not it was fine it was only going to be ebook at first but with my marketing background i was able to really utilize social media Mm -hmm. and make sure that i was out there and in everybody's space and hitting the right people because of all of my background in marketing and so i sold enough copies that we were able to do a print run and so we just went to the print run god two weeks ago So now it has a print version. And then also through the pitch contests, one of the mentors also helped me to get to the point where I was ready to submit to a little bit bigger of a publisher. So the second one, the second chance got picked up by a different publisher who was a little bit bigger. And that is uh, coming out this fall. That was, it it, it was just, it, it wasn't that I had to get an agent. It was these smaller publishers that could really be open to new things and it was exciting it's a, it's, a, it's very exciting for this industry
0: yeah absolutely i agree and i think that a key element with that is that you really utilized your background and your expertise and your own abilities and that really partnered well as you pursued that that journey and i love what you said about the supportiveness of the Writing community, the author community, because you nailed it. I mean, it's so true that you mean there's there's a ton of Facebook groups as just one example of, of people that mm-hmm. are like, you ask a question and bam, you have the an answer. And oh yeah, yeah, and that, and that's just so valuable for so many writers out there that are trying to pursue this goal actively. You know, so I love what you shared and, and you're spot on, um, and you actually kind of already answered another question I was going to ask you about with your upcoming work. So I will just circle back around to that in just a minute. But I did want to also ask you, if someone's listening to your journey and thinking, oh, my goodness, um, that sounds amazing. I would love to have that happen. Or if they're thinking, wow, that sounds so amazing. I don't know what to do. Like, that sounds like so much. What would be your your top pieces of advice for them to really just overcome those fears and challenges and to to be able to accomplish their goal? This
1: this industry does not seem to be for the weak stomach. You have to be able to take rejection and know that it's not personal because when you write something, it feels very, very personal. Mm. And at the end of the day, yes, it's so personal, but it's also a product that you need to sell. And if you can't sell it, nobody's going to read it. And if you're putting yourself out there for other people to read it, you have to have a real, real, like, you know, strong backbone, especially for the rejection, because I, I was rejected by probably 40 agents that I really put out there. And you know, I see these posts like, oh my my dream agent, you know, and I'm like, I, I don't even know what that is. What what is a dream agent? You know, somebody who believes in you should be the dream agent. I that's just my take on it. But if anybody who wants to get into this business, I'm just going to say, write, 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 write it, read it, write it, read it, write it, but also read other people's work. Things that are similar to yours, things that are not similar to yours, things that are so far-fetched. I read a lot of dark stuff, <laughs> which I don't write dark stuff, but I read a lot of dark stuff but I just like layered characters and the darker ones, especially the independent publishers that write that dark stuff have layered characters. The plot isn't always there, but there's layered characters, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it really good writers are readers too. You can't be so arrogant that you're, that you think you know it all and that everybody should read your work because it's so good. Because that's not how it works. You have to you have to appreciate what else is out there and and who's doing it right and taking from them a little bit. And it's not like stealing. It's like you know you're you're getting inspired by them. It's not really taking from them. You're getting inspired by them. And we're artists. Artists inspire artists. And the community, most of the community, understands that and appreciates it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree, and I think that's such a key point too because. I think a lot of writers have that, that kind of holding back of like, oh, well, you know, maybe my, my story is too similar to somebody else's story or, you know, there's already so many books on this topic out there or, you know, some, some kind of feelings like that. And it's, it's important for them to know that, you know, each person's story matters and can add something and mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's your own personal experience or spin on it or your own way of saying it or oh yeah what it looks like yeah and and it and it can just really resonate with a reader in a different way than maybe those other books right and so and yeah romance
1: tropes are the perfect example of that I can't tell you how many Grumpy Sunshines I've read it's my favorite. <laughs> I, and I've read so many of them and I've written a couple of them and I, and I love that trope. And, and then there's, you know, the older, the older brother's best friend trope, which is another one that I love. And that's why tropes are so popular because it, it you know, there, you know, what's going to happen. It's a romance. It hasn't ever after. They you know that with the brothers, you know, older older brother's best friend, you know, that she's probably been in love with him for years. I mean, you know what's going to happen, but it's just it, then that's where the characters, that's where the characters and you know, side characters, and you know, that's where all of that comes, and that's what does make it different and
0: it's fun. Yeah, absolutely, and, and exactly, and and you're right because, like you just said, it doesn't matter how many times they've read that same kind of general plotline or trope. It doesn't matter because. They just love it. And, and there's a mm-hmm. reader for every author that has, you know, their own little corner of the market. There's always a group of readers that are like, oh, I love these types of books, no matter how many. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Right. So on that same topic of more books and, and continuing to write, you know, mm-hmm. in a certain genre, do you mm-hmm. have more about your upcoming work and what it's about. So Two Princesses has been out since May. I wrote uh, a
1: sequel and uh, that's with editors right now getting revised and, and looked at. And then the second one with the, the other publisher, which is coming out this fall, I also just submitted the sequel for that. And I'm working on the third one for that. So both both books uh, both have series. And then I ended up writing so much in the lockdown. Some of it's completely unreadable, but the stories are still really good. So I, I'd love to finesse those one of these days. I'd like to sort of explore different genres. I have uh, another book that I wrote that is more women's fiction. I have another one that is like a fantasy romance. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's lots of different little things out there, but they just need to be finessed and edited and made readable. And I'm still learning a lot. I'm still very, very much learning how to be a writer. And there's, you know... I've had some of my editors just like get completely exasperated with me because I don't know the um the formal formulas for a lot of the grammar <laughs> which I'm trying. I'm really trying. You know, I'm trying not to use the same words over and over and over again. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, the, the thoughts that are coming out in my head are like making sense on the paper to the readers. And so I'm I'm really trying.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing, that's the thing is, is there are are authors who, you know, numerous books and they're still learning, you know, they, they continue to learn and grow with, with every book. And ultimately there is an element of, you know, talent and storytelling, but writing ultimately is a skill set that you can hone and develop and grow. And, and, and so, you know, that's, that's the good thing to know too, is someone that Maybe doesn't have the, the talent or the knack, but still has this dream. They can absolutely still pursue that and develop those skills just by doing it, right? So keep yeah. going, keep going for it for sure. So if, if people are listening and they're thinking, okay, I would love to check out these romances. They sound amazing. Mm-hmm. How can they connect with you and get your book?
1: I have a website, com, and my link to my Amazon page is on there. And for right now, I think it's just on Amazon. It's just two princes on Amazon. I'm not sure what platforms The Perpetual is going to be on. We haven't gotten to that point yet. But I'll uh, I'll have all the information on my website. And definitely shout out on social media because I shout a lot on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter.
0: Awesome. Okay, great. So for all of my listeners, if you enjoy romance novels with characters over 40 and those types of journeys that Cindy shared with us along the episode, do check out Cindy's website and her book on Amazon. I will include her details in the description for you guys. So Cindy, thank you again so much for joining me. On thank the you so
1: much. Yeah, Thank you.
0: So for all my listeners, thank you also for tuning in. I hope you leave a review wherever you're listening from, and I hope to see you next time.